right, welcome back to another episode of Focus on EDU. I'm your host, Doug Conopelko from CDW Education. And today we are getting close to holiday season. We're in the midst of holiday season, which means another season is right around the corner, which is conference season, ed tech conference season. So with that on the horizon, I figured I'd bring back um, one of my favorite guests, Victoria Thompson uh, from Microsoft, she's an industry executive, um, but also a million other things and really driving some amazing conversations around education. So Victoria, why don't we why don't we dive right in and just say welcome and and let's talk about this upcoming conference season. Yes, absolutely. And I'm coming from you in my new home in Winter Garden, Florida. So we are now in the same state together. So I am putting out an all call that we're going to attend a conference together in this state. <laughs> we, we have, have to. to. We, have we need to. to. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So um, when conferences uh, begin again, I think FETC is one of the first ones there in January. It is, yeah. uh, you know, what kind of sessions are you looking to do this year? What are we going to be talking about? Yeah. So what's interesting about FETC. So for some reason, I was under the assumption that it always happened in Florida. But I think that this year, because they went under an acquisition, now they are kind of branching out a little bit. So it is actually going to be in New Orleans, Louisiana this year, which is very exciting. Uh, ISTE was also in New Orleans. So it's kind of like the last big conference I went to. Now I'm going back to that city. Uh, but regardless, the two sessions that I have at FETC, uh, they're kind of unique. So the first is focused on equity in instructional coaching. This is centered around or not just instructional coaches, but also people that want to become instructional coaches, how we work with colleagues, how we work with administration, how we handle data, how we can help to drive school initiatives. I think that one of the biggest things with instructional coaching, especially post-pandemic, is our roles have dramatically shifted because sometimes we have to do, quite frankly, the admin's job, but we don't have, or maybe we do, the admin cert. So it's kind of that that middle ground of how are we playing to all fields. So that's what that session is about. And then the second session is one of my personal favorites. So last year at FETC in Orlando, so FETC 2022, my friend and colleague, Alicia Sewell, we created a session called Trust Black Women in EdTech. And it was all about our experiences as being Black women in technology, specifically the educational technology field. This year, we are presenting Trust Black Women in EdTech updates so this is going to be the following year, because when I actually was at FETC 2022 last year, I had already accepted my new job, but I couldn't really say anything. <laughs> like Alicia was kind of figuring out like what her next game plan was. So now that we actually have those plans in place, we are moving them forward and sharing our experiences in our new roles. So, so, so if somebody uh, didn't get to go last year, uh, why don't we give them the cliff notes? That way, when they come to the updates, they know what they missed. Right. So the biggest parts that we really hint on and, and talk about in our experience are there's a lot of microaggressions that happen in the tech field, regardless of what your role is, and a lot of nonsense that happens in tech. I think sometimes people are kind of blindsided by maybe the salary or the benefits, but you got to put in the work. And when you put in the work, right, that's when we see results. Unfortunately. Being Black women, we face a lot of nonsense in our roles, and it's really just about who we are, where we come from, 
how we work ourselves to the bone, quite frankly. Uh, and, and then on top of that, what we can do as organizations and also school leadership, right? Because ed tech is not just the tech companies, it's also how we interact with schools and districts on how to create inclusive working environments not just for your employees, but also for teachers and students and beyond. Uh, so we talk a little bit about our personal experiences, how we ended up in our roles, but also the different things that we've encountered where we've had to say, hmm, that's not right. And then how we've used those instances to impact other things down the road. So um, what are what kind of updates are we gonna get? Give us just a little taste. You know, what are we what are we talking about this year? Yeah, so Alicia is actually back in the classroom. So she is in a different role. She is working so hard and so amazingly with a group of students in Alabama. She's from Alabama. Um, and she does a lot of really neat things in her classroom, specifically with social emotional learning. So we're going to get some updates on just how she impacts the tech scene, still from that higher level. But now back in the classroom, she's also got that very direct view as to how this impacts students. So she's got a lot of great information on that. And then for me, I'll be speaking about my role at Microsoft Education and how I have just not only taken what I've done with my last position, which I think was when we first talked actually on this podcast when I was a STEM coach, where I was over like a group of schools uh, with one school site in particular, and now I'm over 23 states. So a lot of it is how I've used that position in that growth to not only scale, but also do things I never would have done in my last position just because it wasn't the organization that Microsoft is, right? I'm going from five schools to working with 23 states and it's just different. So I talk about those differences and how I've had just such a positive experience working at Microsoft. How do you stay excited about conferences? Because I think for a lot of us, when we were at a school or in the classroom or at the district level, you know, we went to one or two a year, so they were exciting. Right. Um, now in the roles that we have, we're at, I'll say dozens a year, maybe, I don't know the number, um, and presenting all the time and, and seeing, I mean, you and I run into each other like five or six times a year yes. now, but always in a different state. So how do you stay excited about the work that either you're doing at conferences or the work that you're seeing uh, when you're there? Yeah. So for me personally, the best piece of advice that I give is that I never reuse the same content when I present for more than a year, year and a half, because my interests change, what I want to talk about change, things around me change. I always want to stay current and I can't get excited about something stale. So for example, one of the sessions that I would give about two years ago, it was X, Y and devices. So just incorporating uh, like technology into the mathematics classroom. Of course, that was a big hit during COVID because we were all virtual to some degree. I have completely, well, almost completely retired that session in favor of one of my new ones, which is uh, teaching students to research in mathematics because we're getting past the, okay, here's how you use like math and tech and all that stuff. Now we're getting into the nitty gritty of what we can do to actually have students be media literate in the mathematics classroom. So XYN Devices is still around for a little bit and then I'm going to retire that session uh, because I'm really, again, passionate about that media literacy component with mathematics. So that's one of the things that I do to stay excited because I can't get excited about something I'm not excited about. So I just try to re-up my content every one and a half to two years. So that way I know that I can put my best self forward whenever I'm at a conference. When I think about when I go see other people's sessions, the things that are top of mind to me are what they're presenting on. So I'm not a big, per well, excuse me, 
not a super big fan of going to somebody's session just because I want to see them, right? Because even though I love you, right, and you present, I could just go and see you, right? I want to make sure that the content that I see is something that's going to not only enhance what I do, but also something I can bring back to the teachers I work with, the students I work with, a little bit of everybody. So I am a huge fan of looking at the conference sessions before I even get there, which I find a shocking amount of people don't do. So like sometimes I get to conferences and they're like, wait, there's an app? Wait, there's a website, right? So I always, always go on the websites and I will look and see who's presenting, what they're presenting on, if it's something that I'm interested in. And then I make concerted effort to block off time in my schedule to go there and see it. Because sometimes conferences are such dynamic spaces. Like we can be talking in the showroom and then I'm like, dang, like we've just talked for an hour and a half. So if we have that that effort and that time on our calendars, it just makes things a little bit more seamless to go and see what other folks are doing. Is there anything that you feel like right now is new and exciting? And as we get closer to these conferences, you're saying, okay, these, you know, X, Y, and Z are what I'm, you know, going to be focusing on this year or, uh, you know, this type of session or, or something like that? Ooh, um, so by the time that the conferences, quite frankly, roll around, it's already too late to have a session like this because it just came up. I'm super interested in chat GPT. Like that, that's something within the last week or so that has become a huge topic in education. I, I, I think it's too new that we're not going to see anything at the conferences besides just maybe informal conversations. But I think that for upcoming fall conferences, because that that like conference session is usually like January to March. And then we have it again from like August or, or maybe like June, right, when ISTE starts to like mid-August. And then we kind of pick up again from October to December. So for me, what I'm really interested in is how are we having these conversations about AI? How are we having these conversations about chat GPT? And on top of that, what does it mean for the future of education? I think that's going to be a huge topic moving forward. For people who don't know, what is chat GPT? Right. So it's it's kind of like chat bots or artificial intelligence. So um, I remember growing up like on AIM, like AIM, it was Smarter Child, you know, where you could like message Smarter Child and it would tell you the weather or like where you were. Uh, similar to chatbots, like if you're working or like, for example, like I'm a Disney pass holder, I live in Florida, I go all the time. So if I were to actually contact like Disney support, I might reach a chatbot first, which is artificial intelligence to answer questions about pricing or restaurants or things like that. Essentially, I'm not talking to a human being. But the more that I talk to the computer, the more tailored my responses become. The one of the big uh, just kind of questions in chat GPT and artificial intelligence right now is, quite frankly, is this cheating? You know, if I give students free use on the Internet to research and explore what might be stopping a student from going online and typing in literally like I want a research paper on this. And then the artificial intelligence will create a research paper or maybe do an essay, or maybe solve something for a student. So that's kind of thing number one. And then thing number two, like it's not necessarily chats, but with, with a lot of the artificial intelligence with like the arts, right? Um, there's also been some things where you'll type in keywords into a song generator and it will create an opera 
about ducks, right? It'll create like nursery rhymes about clouds. Just computers are doing amazing things. And the big concern is how do we get ahead of this before students use it, particularly in malicious ways, but also thinking about how this can change education? Because I, I always try to look toward the positive, right? Um, so that just might mean that we switch up our assessment a little bit. It might mean that we switch up the way that we view technology. Kids are always gonna find a way to do things. So how do we get ahead of this? And also how do we see how it can be used for the greater good? Absolutely. Um, well, I think too, just the AI in education piece and some of the things you talked about also lean then into um, just what does the future of education look like, right? Mm -hmm. And what are we, uh, what kind of changes are we making right now in our schools to make sure that, you know, I don't think we have to try to stay ahead of all of that, right? But at least like understanding what's out there so that we can be equipped when the conversation comes up. I right. know for a lot of, uh, you know, district leaders or teachers or, um, you know, superintendents, directors, folks that then have to like answer questions from the public, uh, often when they yeah. don't want to, or when they get, you know, stopped on the street, <laughs> but, uh, you know, or in a board or in a board meeting, but, but the idea being that we need to at least have an idea of what's out there. So for something like chat exactly. GPT, knowing that, um, you know, the, the, the chat bots of yesterday, which were more like, here's <clears throat> one simple question and one answer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, now with chat GPT, you could like, to your point, you could say, type in, uh, you could type in, I need a research paper about, um, the effect of video games on mental health. And it will literally, literally <laughs> put together a research paper on that. Uh, or you could say, uh, I have to, uh, write an article, uh, on what's the best microphone to use or whatever it is. And you could type those in and it will generate that for you. Um, so it, it also becomes that like, is that your article or is it not? Right. So right. we get into that, uh, plagiarism and other side of that conversation. Um, yes. I'm, I'm excited to see how much of that is or is not present this year. Yeah. Um, I think for like the FETC, the TCEA, I think again, cause this is so new, right? Like we, we, this is just now coming up on the scene. So I'm looking forward to hopefully some informal conversations, but I know like for spring Q, right? Like those applications are still open, uh, you know, for things like, um, like, like a couple of like librarian uh, associations. And that's going to be interesting because I think that also impacts media literacy, Right. For students, when we talk about like information and ethics and media literacy, that could be a huge topic there. So I'm just interested in seeing what's out there for that topic, because it's the future. It, it really I, is the future. And, and in schools, we need to be acting proactively instead of reactively. So the more that we can find out, the more we can help. Well, I think that our sessions are due tomorrow for TCEA for the for our session room so i might have to slide one in there now yes, uh, just to make sure go. we've got what you're looking for so um, <laughs> I if you want to co-present if you want to co-present and if you need me there i will be there for you Doug. yes absolutely well i want to say thank you so much um for doing yet another one of these and uh talking us through what this conference season is going to look like for you yeah and then so we will both be at tcea 
yes. which is awesome. So my three sessions at TCEA, I had to like bring them up because they're more math focused this time. So I have integrating yeah. media and digital picture books into pre-K through five mathematics. I have teaching students to research in mathematics, which is what I hinted on with like that phasing out the X, Y and devices. And then I also have equity and instructional coaching. So there is a little bit of overlap. I'll also be presenting at IdeaCon in the Chicago area. I will hopefully be at Spring Q. I will absolutely be at ISTE. I mean, there's just so many cool things going on. So lots of conferences, lots of fun. Oh, and I will be at ATIA, that is an assistive technology conference in Orlando, Florida. That's going to be awesome. This will be the first conference I think I've been to where I can go home and sleep in my own bed <laughs> because Orlando is like 15 minutes from my house. So I will be presenting some topics on assistive technology, accessibility and inclusion in STEM classrooms. Love it. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to like and subscribe so that you can be notified whenever we post new content. Looking forward to seeing you next time.